Welcome to We Hear Her. I'm Erin Trenbeth-Murray, and I'm here today with another amazing woman who is sharing her story and insights into life lessons learned. Hi, I'm Erin Trenbeth-Murray, and I am happy to have you here today to listen to the We Hear Her podcast for women who succeed. I'm excited to talk to today's guest, Elizabeth McMillan, because she has not been with Women Who Succeed for a really long time, a year or so. That's right. And um, I have not had the opportunity to really dive in and get to know her. So today's going to be a fresh experience for me. But let me tell you a little bit about why I'm drawn to Elizabeth and her work and her background. So clearly in a very uh, male-dominant industry of transportation, and she's the Director of Communication for the Utah Department of Transportation, or otherwise known as UDOT, as we all know. She has worked in transportation uh, in the industry for 13 years, and she has experience ranging from public involvement to policy and legislation. She believes that government can be a positive institution with the opportunity to systematically improve well-being in communities. Elizabeth earned a Master's of Applied Positive Psychology at the University of Pennsylvania, where she studied the relationship between quality of life and transportation for her capstone project. Using the principles of positive psychology, she seeks to grow the good, both internally at UDOT and in Utah's communities. And I love that. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thanks for being here. So excited to be here. I love that because um, it's just, it's so interwoven. I mean, I really liked how you just described, like, grow to good, both internally at UDOT and in Utah's communities. Yeah. You have a deep investment in all areas of Utah. I do. I do. I love Utah. And I think transportation is one of those invisible forces that shapes so much of what we do and how we live. I mean, when you think about if there were no roads, I mean, we're talking zombie apocalypse. Even if you could get out to the store, there wouldn't be anything at the store because there are no trucks there. And it's how we get to our families, to soccer games, to work, to see people that we love. Uh, So I know I'm partial, but I think that transportation is this backbone for all the things that are important to us. So I feel really privileged to be able to be part of creating a system that helps people do the things that they want to do in the way they want to, when they want to. Oh, I love that. I like it because, too, we're in the West, obviously, so you have to be extra creative, um, In I'm sure, in your industry with how the economics work, how the space works. It's We're so spread far apart with rural communities and um, everybody trying to get, you know, to all the fun places and things to do in Utah. It's got to be very rewarding but complicated. It is, and we're fastest-growing state over the last 10 years in the country, and so with that growth comes more people and more cars. So what we're looking at is how can we keep communities that we love to live in without just turning them into pavement? That's not where anybody wants to right, live. Right. And so how do we get that balance of giving people the capacity they need, the number of lanes that they need so that they can travel without just being in traffic deadlock, but still preserving what makes Utah special, which is our communities and our beautiful landscapes. So that is the challenge right now, is making sure that we're at least, we probably won't keep up with growth. I don't think it's practical, and I really don't think it would be the right thing for us to pave at the same rate that growth is happening. But how do we take care of those needs and then keep communities that are beautiful and healthy? Well, you're over the communications element, and I've told you how much 
Um, we love like your bill, your um, electronic boards on the freeway. They are such a hooch. First, thank you. I love those compliments goals. to the team. <laughs> yeah, they're so funny, and they've got national recognition. I mean, it's it makes you pay really pay attention and think about what you're doing because they're so clever. But I would think your job has got to be pretty difficult because, as you just described, people are trying to get to things they love, and it isn't the easiest thing sometimes to do and construction or whatever it is. Um, so you've got this public perception um, and you're in charge of the communication of the progress or what's happening or if there's difficulty, difficulties. How do you manage that and stay sane? A really good team. We do group therapy among Yes. Yeah. Oh, it is a challenge. And I, there's a study by Daniel Kahneman. He's a Nobel Prize winning economist. And he had people rank the activities that they do every day. And so they it was a while ago, they had like mm -hmm. a little pager and they would say what they were doing and how much they enjoyed it. And being in traffic was the dead last thing. Like it was below cleaning toilets. It just nobody wants to be in traffic. I work for you. I don't want to be in traffic. Right. Right. Um. So knowing that I mean, people aren't loving it when they're yeah. sitting in traffic and we talked about the challenges of growth and where we add lanes that affects communities. We, we are adding lanes and it's very personal. Sure. And so knowing that we've got this challenge of trying to help people understand this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is how we're trying to do it. Please be part of it so that yeah. we can make your community what you want it to be, do the best that we can. And so there's really a good faith effort on our part to go talk to people that live where we're going to be doing work and talk to leaders in those communities, not just the leaders, the people that live on the street where we're so, paving. Yeah, exactly. So we do that. And the hope is that if we do things in the right way, that people will come to trust us. And we also know that like a parent who has their child do something that they don't want to do, like people won't always like us, but we are doing our best. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then every once in a while we get to do something like overhead signs where we just try to put a smile on people's face. Yeah. And you know what? The other thing is, even though no one really loves being in traffic while they're in traffic, for the most part, when we do research and ask people how they feel about UDOT and how they feel about transportation, the results are really positive. Oh, I would think so. So oh, I would that's gratifying. I, I would definitely yeah. think so. I think you guys do. Oh, thank you. Thanks you. For what you have. I mean, it's a, it's a very calm, it's very, very complex. I can't even begin to imagine that. So you came, you went, did your master's. We were talking a little bit before the podcast about going back and forth from Utah to here. And um, you mentioned that your your folks lived, went to Olympus High. High school, sweetheart. Oh, yeah. Sweet. So when you're, you're, tell us a little bit about just your overall, maybe your family, a little bit of your personal okay. side. Yeah. yeah. So like I said, high school, sweetheart. Yeah. So both sides had pioneers came out here. We had some of the Swiss family moved to Midway. So yeah. Oh, that's cool. Utah roots run deep. Um, And we lived in Pennsylvania for a while when I was younger. And I remember it was beautiful. It's green. People are so nice there, but just missing the mountains. And I think that that's not uncommon for people who grow up around the mountains. Like It's just a special place here. And so you know, tying back to what we started with, my desire for this to be a place where I want to stay and where my son wants to live and where my neighbors are happy to be here is just really deep and really strong. It's an extraordinary place. Yeah. How old's your son? He's going to be 11 in two weeks. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So what do you think, um, you don't have any daughters, 
Well, I have a stepdaughter. Stepdaughter. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So I have three stepchildren, and children is a real stretch. They're they're in their early twenties and late teens. So yeah, my stepdaughter is nineteen. Well, on your eleven-year-old son, as he becomes um, a young man, how do you think you're going to be able to impart to him some of your um, wisdom or influences about women's opportunity? women's leadership, how do you think that you'll craft or maybe you've already been crafting language and talking to him about um, the respect and elevation of women um, in our state and across the country? So we just have really direct conversations with him and we talk about it explicitly. I'm in a very fortunate position of being at the executive level in my organization. And you mentioned at the beginning, it's a very male-dominated industry, which is true. Our executive director, though, has really shifted the dynamics and the look and feel of the executive team since he came into his role 13 years ago. And so actually right now, there's a majority of women on our one team. Yes, it's yeah. So that's really different. It's really unusual. And my husband also works at UDOT. So we have the chance to talk. I mean, when we're talking about work, we're talking about women leaders, and we make sure that we point that out to Rex, our son, and say, this is what this looks like. And and we point out that it's not like this at every organization. Women don't necessarily get respected or have this same voice. I think just being really honest, children are taking in new information all the time. All information is new to them. And so I think showing them the respect of being direct and honest and giving them as much information as makes sense for the age that they are is the best way to approach it. And so that's what we've done is just tell him factually, this is what it is. And my husband's great at talking me up and saying, your mom is there because she's smart and she's making decisions and that's affecting lives for 1,700 people. Um, and so that's that's what we do. We just I love that. I love that your husband talks you up because that's that male ally, exactly, and role modeling for your son. I have two sons, same similar kind of scenario. I always thought I'd have a daughter. I didn't. I didn't get a daughter, but um, yeah, that's. And I was thinking about with your background. You have a master's degree, highly educated individual. Utah, unfortunately, is number one in the country with young women who drop out of of college. And there will be many young women watching this podcast. What advice or guidance do you have for them about how you pushed through? It couldn't have been easy all the time. No, it was so hard. Um, So I did my master's program while I was working at Utah. So I was working full time and I was not married at the time. So I was a single mom. I was dating my now husband. And so that was the busiest legislative session we've ever had. I was doing policy and legislation at the time. I was not in my current role. Uh, Busiest session in probably 30 years. And then found out that my fiance at the time, now husband, had stage four cancer that year. So 2018 was just, it was an epic, crazy year. And that was the year that I was flying back and forth between Salt Lake and Philadelphia. So every three weeks I would go out for five days and I call it the happiest little prison on earth where we would just be locked down for five days doing classwork. Anyway, it was really hard. It was the hardest thing I have ever done in my life. And so people ask me sometimes that are women who are considering getting their master's degrees will ask if I would recommend it. And the thing that I ask is, why do you want to do it? Because whatever happens, you'll need to hang on to that motivation. 
And it's not because I'm thinking, well, is this really something you want to do? If they're asking, they want to do it. Yeah. But to know why, because those values and the priorities that are around it are what will anchor you when things get really hard. And then I just say, if I could get through that, you can get through it too. It's very unlikely that this will be the hardest year of your life. And even if it is, you can get through it. And just call me. You need someone to cry with. Oh my gosh. That is, I, that's so much. It was a lot. <laughs> 2018 was a lot. Oh, and I'm so sorry to hear about your husband's He's very healthy. Health. So, yeah, totally back to 100%. He's doing great. So, thank you. It's interesting as I've been having these podcasts, so many women um, that are my friends will look to one another and say, wow, she has it all. I mean, Brandy Vega this morning sent me a text and said something, called me a Wonder Woman. And I'm like, look who's talking. Like, I am a mess. I don't even know. I can't keep track of it. Um, but I think that um, it's really important for us to share with each other and to the young women and women who succeed the highs and lows, that there are some really tragic times. And they're real. And then there's some times that are just take grit and work ethic. And you just, you have to focus and push through because of consequences or people are depending on you or it just needs to happen. And then there's other times that you're like, I'm living my best life. This is so fun. I, you know, I'm having the best time. Oh, yeah. Do you have a role model that you've looked up to throughout your life um, that's kind of kept you motivated um, or inspired you with your with your oh. all your endeavors? Yeah, and I've had many. My mom gave me some really good advice when I was younger, which was to find people who had the characteristics that I wanted and to look at what they do and think about how they're so good at what they do and emulate that. And so different people are amazing at different things. So there's kind of a collection. And I'm sure lots and lots of people say this, but it's just true. My mom, she's brilliant. Like she's incredibly intelligent and also wise and the most giving person I've ever met. And she doesn't think of herself that way at all. She's always thinking she could do more, but she's extraordinary. So she was your role model and yeah. continues. And still my best cheerleader. Like, yeah. She's the one that I call when I'm thinking I can't get through something. She'll talk me through it talk me through the tears she's phenomenal that's fantastic yeah. did what what do you think um did wish did she was her mother that way yeah so my mom has she's a, from a family of 12 she's yeah she's number 11 her mother got her cpa i think it was the same week that she had her youngest child of well I, it's like fantastic now i don't you know i'm soft no i definitely <laughs> soft uh, well, kids, and I'm going to get my CPA test. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this great picture of her with her, her hat on and holding her brand new infant baby. Yeah. So, yeah. Tenacity, strength. Women. Intelligence. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Running through the bloodline. I'm just trying to keep up here. <laughs> I'll let them down. Yeah, exactly. Do you have, um, in, in just wrapping kind of things up, do you have any advice that you could impart to um, the young women that are in our program or who are watching the podcast about their dreams or uh, accomplishing what they're what they're seeking out to do? Uh, best advice that I have is to take the time to know yourself, like know what makes you special. So what's core to you that if you took it away, you just wouldn't be you anymore. Um, so whether that's courage or curiosity or love of others, to know what those things are and then align your priorities with those. And then be really clear on what your goals are and double check and make sure that they align with your priorities and your core values. 
And if you do that and you keep striving, anytime you hit a rough patch, if you have a your 2018 uh, and you're feeling down, that's normal to feel down. It's normal to feel emotions that are unpleasant. I prefer to call them unpleasant rather than negative. Yeah, because all emotions tell you something. They're all valuable. But if there's some red flag to ask yourself, what's going on here? Is there some something out of alignment? And if not, like, is this just something normal that right now is hard? And I can call upon my sisters or look inside myself, but that just to know it's okay that there will be times when you don't feel happy, happy. Uh, and to just accept it, notice what it is, give a name to it, and continue being focused on what you're trying to accomplish and being who you are. I love that. I like how you remind us to continually go back to your personal values, your North Star, to see if you're in alignment with your actions, with what your priorities are, that should guide you back. So if they're in misalignment, then that's probably not the, that's not the path to go. I'm going to keep that in mind this week. Well, I'll try to too. Right? Well, thank you. And I appreciate everyone uh, listening in to the We Hear Her podcast for Women Who Succeed. Thank you to Elizabeth McMillan for being with us today. And I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to hear her. Join our efforts and learn more about women who succeed at womenwhosucceed.org.